Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. I know you Because you always got a reference, child. What is that? You've never watched the SpongeBob movie. I ha- which I feel like I've seen both of them. I'm, I'm, I'm a ghosty cover. I can't. I can't. Oh my god! Here we are again. Another week. Another week of bullshit from you hoes. And another week to troll you. The- Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all see how he's starting off, right? Mm-hmm. It's all right. That's fine. That's fine. We we had we had a bit of a, we had a bit of a um off air squabble before I pressed record. <laughs> Whatever. It wasn't no squabble. I just said what I said, and he gonna have to deal with it. And what you said was some motherfucking bullshit. Anyway, ladies and germs, welcome to another week of a socially experiment experiment gone wrong called who raised you hoes i am your co-host marlon of this week Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i'm mm -hmm. gonna be the audacity this week because it's always there y'all just have some sort of audacity you really do you really do but that's me this week um and i am your host lonnie this week i'll be going by um quiz waffles First of all, I saw her and I was like, damn it, I follow her on TikTok. I love her so much. She is so funny. <laughs> she is so fucking funny. When she, t- when she texted her and said that the block page had reached 10K followers and then all of a sudden this chick was in her kitchen. In the kitchen. Making waffles. I'm done. Into sandwich Ziploc bags. With, with the syrup. syrup in the bag. Y'all don't understand. Koya said she has coming to the show has always had a Ziploc bag with some waffles in it. Like, where, where, where do you find the time to prepare? Know. I don't know. I don't where know. Where do you find time to prepare? I don't know. I really am confused. Well, I mean, you know, she doing big things. You know, huh? Issa with the block, they doing it. They making it happen. Well, we've gone straight into the, for the review. That's right. If you guys don't remember last week, you had a mini um, Insecure Fest, so I decided to keep the part going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep it condensed because Though we're watching the show, the show can't, you know, overlap ours. That's right. So, we're going to keep it cute and give it to you guys real quick. So, you guys know how this goes. If you haven't heard me discuss uh, Insecure, you guys know I ask questions in perspective. Because mm-hmm. everyone, the one thing I can say I love about the show so much is everyone has a different point of view about things that happen in the show. Right. So, I always pick brains. Make sure I'm not going crazy. And then he, everyone has a different reaction to it. And that's the fun part of the show. Mm-hmm. It gets people to think. So I, you know, put together four questions. Real brief, real right. cute. Real cute. Um, a little layered, maybe. Oh, well, y'all will get with it. <sighs> so here we go. And we're, I'm going to put in my spoiler alert like I did last week. And we're starting at three minutes and 50 seconds. And we're gone. So, do you believe Molly will stay on track with her self-care journey? Hmm. So, we're back. We're back. This question. We're back. Mm-hmm. 
Second episode in. It's looking better. I, it's looking better. I, I, the fact that she, when she caught herself with the situation about her mom and dad, and she was like, you know what? She had to reflect because when she went to go um, renew like her Tinder profile or whatever, and she had all these flashbacks during the questions, I was like, bitch. You mean it reminds you in the past four seasons, Molly has been a bit of a terror. She's been something else. And for her to come back and then go and apologize to her mom, like, I know I like to have my way. I know I kind of go crazy about shit sometimes, but I realize that that's not the way and I can't pressure you like that. I just want what's best for you. And it all worked out. So I feel like we're doing a little better here. We're mm-hmm. doing a little better. So she she might be on something. But I'm still I'm I'm on that ass though. We only two episodes in. I don't I don't know. I have to. She got to show me. I asked. This is going to be a question I'm going to ask again. But I think I'm going to take a break until like see episode five of this uh-huh. question. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm but I'm going to keep asking. That's it. fine. So you're gonna you're gonna do. That, well, that's fine. And you're just going to have to hope that she sticks to her shit for your sake. This is the thing. <laughs> At, we watched this woman on this show for mm-hmm. going on five years now. Right. And this is the most evolved we've seen her character, to be honest. She has a better sense of herself, mm-hmm. what she does and does not want. Right. She's actually more cautious of how she speaks to other people, mm-hmm. like how she handles her parents. Like before Molly, there was no holes bar, and she felt the way it was completely all emotion, yes. off the deep end. Nobody talked to me. I don't want to deal with this shit. I'm over it. I want. I just. I, I, I. It's too much to think about right now. Yeah. Compared to her dissecting certain situations, you know, even her knowing not to date that dude from her mom's church. <laughs> First of all, can we please talk about her mom <sighs> saying, you know. He likes to play, like, he likes to play the piano and you like to listen to music. I was like, wait, ma'am. Lowered expectations. (laughs) (laughs) And then when Issa, when she showed her the picture of her, but she's like, well, his daddy got to look fine. Show me him. Right. Nah, bitch, for real. Show me him. (laughs) Oh, that shit took me out. I was dying. That was fucking funny. Did you expect for their friendship to actually get back on track? Though we jumped a year later. I didn't. I didn't. Everyone says that. I didn't. Just because what they, the cycle that they had in their friendship was going on for so long. Something like this to come where they, because essentially what happened, what we saw last season before we got back was seeing them both come into themselves mm-hmm. and be the opposite of what they had always been since college. And it was like Issa stepped into her own and realized that I'm the shit. I am successful. I can do something on my own and it'd be worthwhile. I'm finding my direction. I'm finding my light. And I don't have to just subject myself to Molly because she's the lawyer and she's quote unquote better. And then Molly got a taste of that shit and was no longer the focus. And she couldn't just walk over Issa with no bullshit. And Issa actually stood up to her. And it was like, well, bitch, what the fuck? You know, so it was kind of like a reality check for both of them. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I didn't feel like 
they were going to be able to survive it simply because you have one person that finally wakes up and feel like and realizes that they ain't got to deal with it, their best friend's bullshit. And then you got the other person who's used to being the dominant one out of the situation now having to humble herself. And it was just like, I don't know if they'll be able to come back to it. I just don't. You know, the thing is for me, I think if you sat there and thought that they couldn't come back from this, I'm like, well, then you ain't never been through no shit with your real best friend. And that, here's the thing. I have. It, it was to the point where I didn't talk to my best friend for at least a year after some shit. Me, me and my my ultimate best friend, shout out to my friend Ashley, we, the longest we've gone without, like, like a full fallout in our friendship, the longest that we've went was like a month without speaking to each other. Okay. I've gone, had full fallouts with other friends and not spoken to them for years. Mm-hmm. So when you have your best friend, y'all gonna go through some shit. That's your best friend. Mm-hmm. You're always around this person. This person may smother you, all the all the other things. But the one thing you both have in common is the connection with one another. So, yes, you two may not be on the same page right that moment, but it will come back. And that's why it was so important to jump the show here. Because, all right, now that they're back on track, Easton and fell out with Lawrence, let's jump the show a year and show exactly how progression works. Mm-hmm. Like you see the two of, them, two of them hanging around each other It's not as tense and awkward anymore Hell, she even stayed the night at Issa's house yeah. In the same bed with her and all Yeah. So if that doesn't show you That progression In time has healed Those fallouts, those disagreements Then hey, maybe you need to go through some shit With your friend to really relate to what happened there I don't know, because even still You can see the progression, you can see them growing and coming back to each other, but there are still moments where the awkwardness is still there even though it's smaller than it was before and we all know how things happen when you fall into a false sense of security Mm -hmm. and something else arises to test just how strong you all really are. Mm -hmm. So while I don't I'm not saying that they can never make it back um, because clearly they're showing us that they are but who knows? This could be that you got to be fake back before you back back thing. If you, when Kelly says you got to be fake back before you back back, uh-huh. that was a real statement. Listen, you true have, words have yet been spoken. You have to after falling out with your friend, y'all gonna be fake for a little bit before y'all actually yes, good again. It's gonna be bitch. It's, Fuck you. It took <laughs> that robbery for them to just like you know let that broke the ice. Like, yes. bitch, did you see us? <laughs> that was real. Anywho, let's get to the next question. Was Crenshaw wrong for discussing to, for discussing? Yeah, let me get my words right. Was Crenshaw wrong for not discussing his change in the performance? I was very torn with this. Everyone was. I was very torn with this because, but I also love how it played out. And how she made things progress with this particular situation. Because it showed how many of us as black folks think when it comes to opportunity. Who talked the words? Um, Because Issa 
has always believed in the underdog because she's always been the underdog. Exactly. And she truly believes in the artistry and who she puts her brand behind. It's never fake. But also, when it comes to getting opportunity and trying to get us on and all this other stuff, I saw where she was going where it was like she was trying to fight it, but then she was like, I don't want him to lose this opportunity and I also don't want to bend, but if we could shave a little bit off the top and please both parties, I can get him in the door and then we can still make this money together and they not talking shit as the people who are sponsoring us, then sometimes we got to make a little sacrifice. But there's also that part of us that's like, believe in what Crenshaw did, which is like, motherfuckers don't understand the vision. Sometimes you just got to take that chance to take that leap. Because I was with him when it was, when he was like, well, maybe we just need to find somebody that gets the vision. Because at that point, what he was saying was, even if I got to wait, I would rather wait and have somebody be on board with everything that I'm doing. Cause I believe in this and I know it's hot. than to have a motherfucker doubt me and be like, mm, no, we want you to do it like this. So I was torn because I got it from both ends. I got it from Issa's perspective and I got it from his. And it's great because once it happened, I knew that's what was going to happen. I knew that he was going to do his, once he decided he was like, I'm going to put everything in that they told me not to. I knew the old dude was going to see it. Everybody in the audience was going to love it. And then he was going to be like, oh my God, that was fantastic. But it's like, we, we never knew. You never knew that was going to happen. I was so torn because I know both sides of the struggle, but I mainly identified with Issa in this because, yes, you want to wait for the right opportunity to come about, but in the same sense, what he was forgetting is as much as it was his show, it was also her that was on the line. It wasn't just him. It wasn't just him, It's right. a team thing. It was her, too. Yes. So, when she was over there freaking out, I was freaking out with her. Like, yeah. I, she said, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to work in this town yeah, again. because I was, I was saying the same put, thing. I was going to put my... Why did I take my lipstick off? I'm going to have to drive again. <laughs> like, that was, that's real sentiments. And when you're in the process of trying to get deals, trying to maneuver and network, and things are going right for you... Trying to sit here and push the envelope, because that's exactly what it was. Trying to push the envelope can be one of the most risky things you can do, because you don't know how the outcome of it. They already had reservations beforehand. So for their reservations to go completely ignored mm-hmm. is a whole nother thing. Yeah. So I was just sitting there shit bricks with sis. I'm like, no, sis, you can't do nothing about this. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Yes. So, mm, I ain't never cried in no nigga mouth. First of all. <laughs> I ain't never Issa cried in no nigga mouth. She kills me like... No, 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 no. Uh, okay, so let me get my question out. Was Issa wrong for trying to sleep with Nathan knowing that he was seeing someone? Because you forgot... She told Molly when she after she had her first initial meeting when she had on the business suit. Mm-hmm. She told Molly Nathan is seeing someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking before we even get into that question, was she wrong? Essentially, yes. Now let me ask my next question. 
do you think she went too far with trying to move on this um that this soon? It had been a year, yes, but for some people, it's still too soon. Yeah. She first of all, Issa knew she wasn't ready. She knew. She knew she wasn't ready, but Issa wanted to have someone to share the moment with. Mm-hmm. And also because she never really resolved her feelings for Nathan. So it's like he's around. I just dropped Lawrence. Now I have this empty space. And she really wants to have somebody there. She really wants to share her life. She really wants to be in love, like have a relationship and all this stuff. And Nathan has always been really, really good to her and for her. You know what I'm saying? So having that moment with him, because even though he was seeing somebody, she just couldn't let it go. It was just like, well, damn, like, why can't you be over here with me? Like, I just had this great night. Everything just worked out. I deserve some D. I can have some D right now. Sure, absolutely. And who better than Nathan? Of course. But I think that's what pushed her to do it. But I don't think we're asking the question, was Nathan wrong? Because what you already knew. You know you're seeing somebody. You know you're seeing somebody. So why are you even bother? You Your ass should have been like, no, I'm I'm good. And everyone has mixed reviews because, you know, the hardcore Insecure fans want her back with Lawrence. Which I'm like, y'all can kick rocks on that one. But... I I'm because I've been her before, I never cried no niggas mouth down. But <laughs> for me, sometimes most people can easily move on from a breakup. Mm-hmm. But when you've invested so much time in someone, yes. that's not something that's easily done. Especially when you literally gave your all to someone. She fought to get him back. She fucked up, but she fought to get him back. And now that her dream was taken away from her, she doesn't know how to move on. Right. It makes it complicated. So to see her go from struggling with her professional life to now thriving, not only at overall, but as an entrepreneur, she doesn't work for anyone technically but herself. Right. To see that and to even see her friendships actually start to pick back up and look better, you would think everything is all around. We all know you got one area in your life, though everyone where else is thriving is one area in your life that's always fucked up. Mm-hmm. It never fails. So for her, it's hard to want to try to date again, to want to be able to have sex. You won't get whole season like you got in season two. No. I'll make that person kid <laughs> all y'all. Whole season is gone. Right. That shit ain't work. So, whole season is out the window. She's comfortable with Nathan. She knows Nathan. But the problem is Nathan ain't Lawrence. And we love Nathan for her. We want to see the two of them work together. I really think they might end up dating at some point this season. But, hey, I could be wrong. But still, I think she needs a little more time to really get, to really heal. Like, in all honesty, I'm like, I need to see Issa with, um, with a therapist. Because I feel like she needs one now. Because that was some traumatic shit to go through. Like, even when Sis said this is too much, I'm like, girl, you take me back to remember when. This is too much. 
I don't like being oh stressed like this girl. But we will continue to watch the season. That's the end of our TED Talk that lasted up until mm-hmm. 20 minutes and 5 seconds. Oh, right. We did things there, y'all. Things. Yes. But now it's time to get up mm, mm, and flush. What? What? Get up, white and flush. What? Damn. Get up, white and flush. It's time Damn. to scroll out. You, <laughs> you get the jingles now? That's what we're doing. I, I've always been a jingle person. Okay, you, know, you know that. You're right. It's fine. You, you it's know fine. you need right. right. this. You're right. You're right. What y'all, what y'all done did now, child? Well, I kept it very light and very condensed okay. this week. You know, um, I didn't really feel like ruffling feathers. Mm. But I decided to trigger yours. So, <laughs> let's start light. And then we're going to go heavy. Since... I, 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 I kind of saw a preview of something, but I'm going to keep it to myself for right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to start very light, shall we? Y'all ain't ready. So, the dictionary has two words that's been added to it. Do you know that? No. You sure? No. What are the words? Dad bod. Mm-hmm. And the acronym, TBH. Okay. If you don't know what the acronym TBH stands for, to be honest, that's right. That's right. It's been added. Dad bot, this is coming from the Daily News. Dad bot, TBH dad bot don't seem to be disappearing anytime soon, at least not the not from the next lex, you know, lexicon. Dad bots and TBH, the shorthand for to be honest, generally found in text messages are among the 455 words Merriam-Webster has added to his dictionary for October. It's the first update since January, the site announced. I wonder how they come up with which words are going to make into the dictionary and which ones aren't. Didn't they add Zaddy a couple, um, like, back in January? Shut the fuck up. No, they didn't. I swear. No, they did not. I kid you not. No, they did not. Because, see, my thing, like, I think the last word that made it into the dictionary that kind of... We covered it, but I really, I really think it's, I think it was Zaddy. Yep, I'm right. Zaddy is in there too. Yes, Zaddy is in there. Great. Uh, I said it. I guess, child. Like, why Dad Bod? And to be honest, I don't. Because they're fun. So we just adding fun words because they fun now. Is that what we doing? I mean, no shade, but Bootylicious is there. Next, I can't. <laughs> I guess, child. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, you know, I like my slang to be my slang, but if you're going to add it to the dictionary, I'll say go for it. Fine. It's just weird. It's just weird. So, uh, we're getting a new reality show. What are they bringing now? Why, why are you so upset, friend? Because, you know, the last time we talked about a new reality show, it was about uh, advocacy battles. Which is some bullshit. So, I'm, forgive me if I'm not very enthused about their new reality ventures. I, well, they, they don't. That, if I'm not mistaken, that was NBC? Yes, mm-hmm. it was NBC. This one is different. Are you ready? It's, okay. It's very entertaining. It's, uh-huh. very, it's very educational for the children. I don't believe you. You don't believe no, me? No, I don't. What did I do? I don't. I what don't. Did I, what did I do? I don't. What did I do? You adding all what this butter I, to this toast. What did I, what did I do? Uh-huh. And it's soggy. So what? It's what soggy. Is it? yes. Well, they put it in the motherfucking toaster. Mm-mm. Now he want to break toasts with wet bread. Uh, continue. What is it? Uh huh. 
You see how he do? <laughs> Fucking up appliances. And I bet you this show is going to fuck up everybody's life, too. What is it? <laughs> Shut up! Anywho. So, here we go. This is actually coming from CNN. I'm not even going to announce what it is yet. Andy Cohen, the executive producer of the popular reality series, announced on the Today Show, Monday, that the network is launching The Royal Housewives of Dubai. The show, which has not began filming, will premiere sometime next year. Although there are spinoffs of the franchise that do air all over the globe, this is the first time the network has produced an international version of the popular reality show. Can we be clear about something? The Housewives of Dubai is not going to be like Atlanta or Potomac or even Beverly Hills or, um, uh, no, Orange County, I'm still lying. Orange County, the Royal Housewives of New York. It's different. These are women with money. Their husbands are themselves are billionaires. Like, Dubai is not small money. That's large money. So you're, you have to cut them a large check in order for them to sign on to a show. But you... You pay your stars that happen to be black women. You give them millions, but I'm pretty sure you went double, probably close to triple digits to secure these women up here in the Royal Housewives of Dubai. But your actual black women that's on the show will probably not see the money that they will see. I'm just going to throw that out there now. I'm going to throw that part out there now. You know, that's going to be a thing. I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to Mm -hmm. figure out... Mm -hmm. What kind of drama is going on in Dubai? What someone stole my tiger? <laughs> someone, See, t- someone, and, back, and, someone, and, and that's why this is some bullshit. It don't need to be on the TV because who cares? Who cares? My chauffeur with my Tesla is ten minutes late. All the work, all everything must die. Oh God! Okay, Real Housewives of Dubai. We'll see. It's, what it's, it's too hot and unfortunately I'm in a country where I have to wear nothing but clothes in desert heat. Like heavy layers of clothes in desert heat. Who knows anybody in Dubai? I'm going to go lay on the beach now. We're going to have a whole situ- a whole sitch about her looking at my man. I guess. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, no, nah, because y'all going to watch it because I'm not watching that shit. You're going to give it a try. We know you are. I haven't. If I haven't given Real Housewives a chance in almost five to six years, what makes you think Dubai's even got a shot? Uh-huh. I barely even keep interest for Potomac. I don't even watch it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that on that. All right. So while we're talking about people arguing, it seems that someone has forgiven someone. Who? You know how back in the day, someone was doing a general, a general. A hot like acceptance of an apology on behalf of a whole section of group of people. Uh-huh. So apparently this go around a group calls themselves speaking for us when they forgave the baby. <sighs> well, I I I I need a minute to digest that alone because I'm getting mad just thinking about it. Okay. Here y'all go. Sorry, no mess. And this is coming directly from the New York Post. The baby's ignorance has granted him the acceptance of the LGBTQ, but the community is content on giving comedian Dave Chappelle the boot. And I'm reading exactly how they wrote it. In months since, 
the red light green light lyricist spewed a hateful homophobic and hiv slash aids triggered tyrant during his set at miami's rolling loud festival in july if y'all don't remember how bad we went off on that please go back and listen to the episode Inclusivity and awareness nonprofit organization relationship unleashed has granted the rapper the green light to continue performing at the finding. He was merely unaware of the damaging effects of his comments. He has learned a lot over the past few months. Relationship unleashed CEO Gwendolyn D. Clemens explained to TNZ about the baby. She goes on to say she claims that the 29-year-old Grammy-nominated MC didn't understand what he was saying when he encouraged when he encouraged Rolling Loud attendees to put their cell phones in the air if you didn't show up today with HIV or AIDS or other STDs that will make you die in two to three weeks. Pure ignorance. And fellas, if you're not sucking a nigga dick in the parking lot, sir, if I decide to give him this Gaka 3000 in the back of a motherfucking car, that is my goddamn business and not yours. <sighs> I'm not going down that road again with this bullshit. I'm not, but um, what I will say is this: who to- who who told you to speak for me? You know what? See, this is just who told like, you? This is I didn't actually speak for me. Just like this alleged gay agenda, child. Who who said that all of us agree with that? Then you had then shout out to T S Madison. Hey, girl, she had decided to go on the Breakfast Club, and you know they asked her in regards to boozy, and I'm like, thank you for saying what everyone seems to forget. He keeps on talking about, oh, we got to worry about the children, but this is coming from the same man that orchestrated for a grown woman to give his underage son fellatio. Yeah, you orchestrated rape. You orchestrated statutory rape. Let's be all the way clear about this. Well, let's just put it out there. Let's just be all the way clear, but you worried about some damn children. Mm-hmm. But that's the conversation from the time I don't feel like talking about his motherfucking ass today. But I'm not even getting on the baby. I don't even want to talk about the baby, but let's be clear. Who told you to speak for me? See, and this is where a lot of shit gets the lines all the way blurred and fucked up because you have one segment of the community that decides that they are ready to move on or they done or they're seeing it from a different perspective. These people that keep talking about... Okay. I'm putting it to you like this. There are people that feel like trying to quote-unquote cancel the baby wasn't the correct approach. They're coming from very kumbaya space and saying that why can't we just sit down and educate him and help him understand where he was wrong. I don't think that he didn't know what the fuck he was saying when he said it because he said it and he meant it. I'm going to put my Tamar hand up real quick. I'm going to put it up real quick because I'm going to stop you, friend. I'm going to stop you. Now, when the label had came to him and said, I don't know what the fuck you did, but you need to fix that motherfucking shit, what they did was make him go to inclusion, uh, basically go have to sit with someone in regards to con- uh, inclusion and where he went wrong. He had enough empathy to know he was wrong. But you know where the empathy came from when all those people started pulling them out of those fucking festivals. He started losing endorsements. And it, it just was starting to go downhill. Yeah. He had enough common sense to know maybe I need to start to correct my ways. It ain't going to be no money soon if I don't. But see, here's my thing. How genuine is your quote-unquote correction of your ways if the only way that you got to that point was when motherfuckers started pulling money out of your pockets? Because let's not forget, you doubled down, then you tripled down. Then this illustrious publicist or whoever is behind you took your phone and said, no, bitch, what you're not going to do 
is you lose all my check. You're not, you're not losing my because check. Because if you think that we believe that you wrote that apology, <laughs> you did. You got another thing coming. And then on top of that, you took the apology down. So, I'm sorry. There's nothing genuine about this shit to me. You just don't want to lose no more coin. I don't give a fuck how many classes you sit through. I don't give a fuck how many people you sit there and have a conversation with. I don't. You don't give a fuck. You give a fuck about your money in your pockets. And if that's going to be the deal, then stand 10 toes down and stand in that shit and stay in it. Because you still funky to me, son. I still smell you. You still smell like shit. In the words of Tiffany Pollard, you need to stand in it. That's it. Stand in it. The reason why, and though, yes, he says some controversial shit too, the one thing that you cannot take away from Dave Chappelle, though, yes, what he said was wrong, he stood in what he said. He didn't confirm, he didn't conform, he didn't change. If you're going to say something like that and literally have no genuine interest in correcting what the fuck you said, stand in it. And stay there. Stay there. That way I know who I'm not supporting. Just stand in it. And you know why Dave Chappelle ain't moving? Because he ain't lost no money. He hasn't lost any money. The baby lost endorsements. He had a whole endorsement of Boohoo Man. Of Boohoo Man. That shit is gone. He got pulled from what? Close to five, like over five festivals after that shit happened. Immediately. Immediately. And he thought it was a joke. So you mean to tell me now because, oh, Miley Cyrus came in and said, oh, we need to really just work with him. This is the thing about cancel culture. Let me hold on. Let, this is the thing about cancel culture. Let me stop you before you even go because I know where you're about to go. If you could Google everything else, why do I have to explain to you where you went wrong? <sighs> why? Why do I have to explain where you went wrong? The knowledge it, has always been there. You are, you have shown no empathy to know where you went wrong. No. The only reason why is because you lost money. And Miley Cyrus, please save your white savior bullshit. We don't want that either. I wish the allies would just mind their damn business. If you want to support us, just support us. But stay out, just stay out of the gays business, child. Just mm-hmm. stay out. I mean, if you're going to be an ally, you have to be in the business to, to some extent. But I'm sorry, sis. First of all, I, I don't really see it for you anyway because you like to put on and take off personas for money in your pocket too. So whatever. Don't think I forgot about that. Your black moment oh, that you you've completely that? abandoned. Oh, you mean the bangers album? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Mm. Please. I, I've not forgotten that. Mm. You went from fucking uh, pixie cuts and uh, twerking and, and all this other bullshit. And then you turn around and you're a country artist again. No, nah, bitch. You're not going to, you're not going to put on and take off my culture whenever you want to. I don't give a fuck that you, Miley Cyrus. Who cares? I don't give a fuck about your opinion about what the baby got going on. No. Because whenever whenever it benefits you in your pockets, we already know that you'll do what you need to do to get shit done. So you stay over there. I still remember that hard um, VMA performance when she was twerking on Robin Thicke. I'm like, what? what, what is this? Honey, did I act... I didn't ask for this. Nobody asked for this. Child, nobody asked for that. Nobody asked for that album, but she gave it to us. And motherfuckers ate that shit up. And I, I'm still looking at all y'all funny for that shit, too. But whatever. And then, you know, we spoke about mending fences earlier. And um, I think it's time two people, I think, are going to be on the verge of mending a fence very soon. Okay. This is coming from page six, might I add. 
Dame Dash says he's ready to end his 20-year feud with his Rockefeller Records co-founder Jay-Z after the rapper offered an olive branch by thanking him during his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The pair turned the music industry on its heads in 1995 when they set up the business as Jay-Z struggled to find a spot on a major label. But as the Empire State of Mind rapper's career exploded and the label was sold off piece by piece, their friendship collapsed into a bitter feud. But on Saturday, Jay-Z put their differences aside and thanked Dame in his speech. This is an excerpt directly from it. Shout out to Dame, he said, at the Rocket Mortgage Field um, House in Cleveland. I know we don't see eye to eye, but I can't, I can never erase your your accomplishments. And I appreciate you and thank you for that. He also thanked Kareem Biggs Burt. And said, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for our journey. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution to the journey. Dane went on to tell Page Six, it was beautiful. I'm glad he said it for the culture. We need to squash everything. So hopefully it can be an extent. If that was an extended olive branch, I'll spend one back. See what happens when niggas get grown and get their own money. You see what happens when someone actually acknowledges your efforts and thank you for them that's and don't true. act as if you never did jack shit for them because that's actually what men are supposed to do, people in general, is that someone did something for you, whether the two of you are not seeing eye to eye or not, you still thank them because they didn't have to do a damn thing for you. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you call maturity. Yeah. I mean, I'm mad it took 20 years for them to finally get to the point where they're ready to have a conversation, but hey. I'll take that over them just running up because you know how Dame is. Dame don't give a damn. He will run up but on I mean, you. He'll run up on you and tell you what you, what you ain't about to do. He run up on Jay Z. Oh, he ran up. The, oh, he oh he would if he could. Let's be perfectly clear. But, but that's what I'm saying. He run up on Jay Z. He would if he could trust. He ain't stupid. Exactly. He ain't stupid. And that's what I'm saying. At first, you know, Hove, you have really been on your. Uh, I'm grown and I ain't got time for this shit kick for a couple of years now. Uh-huh. And I just appreciate all of it. I do too. I appreciate all of it. Just keep being grown. Just like, listen, you sitting on top of the world at this point. You don't have to, he don't have to answer nobody. So it is what it is. And that's all I got to scroll on. All right. So check it out. We have a surprise for y'all. We have a major surprise for y'all right now. That's right. Guess what, y'all? We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. That's right. Someone actually listened and And sent us a letter. We thank you so much. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read our listener letter, and we're going to dive into it. First of all, we want to thank you and shout out to Kyron over at the Sweet Talkers Network. That's right, our brother Kyron from over there at Player One on YouTube under the Sweet Talkers Network. Yes. You guys should go check that out. If you're a gamer, honey, yes, and that's, that's your channel. G-A-Y-M-E-R, gamer. Hello. Gamer. I said what I said, Danny. Exactly. If you're into that, you go ahead and check him out on YouTube and check everything over at the Sweet Talkers Network. They got a lot of shit going on. So, Kyron says, mm-hmm. what do you think of the state of the black male community in 2021? Shaming, self-hate, depression. Where do you feel we are going wrong as far as connection, 
and helping each other stay mentally successful and successful in life. Whew, Kyra. I have one answer to that. Okay. One, and it might shock you. What's that? Empathy. I really believe we lack a lot of empathy and compassion for one another. Mm-hmm. And we just automatically expect everyone to have it together. It's like some people, it takes longer for them to have their shit together. You lash out, especially men, we love to lash out at other men when we're going through our own personal shit. Mm -hmm. When that person didn't do nothing to you. Right. So, I personally believe it's empathy and compassion. I What will change that is for us to really just understand it's a bigger picture outside of just the two men that are right there. You have literally younger people that look behind you whether it's through social media mostly social media but you have younger people that look at stuff like this and especially if you're bickering back and forth with another man that ain't nothing small it's nothing small you can have differences with someone and still respect them yes and that's the one thing that we forget i can have a different uh different mindset or a different opinion from you but i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh well fuck marlon because he ain't thinking like how i'm thinking right you know, there are so many levels to where we're going wrong mm-hmm. with connection and helping each other. Empathy is definitely one of them. I think it's a top Empathy one and compassion are definitely top tier in where we're going wrong. Yes. But also, I feel like the reason why we're, we're getting a lot of it wrong is that a lot of us are misguided and still being manipulated by societal standards of what a man is supposed to be. Mm. And that is blocking a lot of our empathy and compassion for one another. Because we live in a world that tells us that men are supposed to be at the top of everything. Which is simply not true. Tag on to that, the fact that men are not given the space and or opportunity to be anything less than macho and quote unquote masculine. There's no room for emotions. There's no room for um, growth and understanding of male emotions in any facet, in any way, you know, whether you are gay, straight, cishet, trans, all of that, all men of all different, walks of life are just not afforded the opportunity to just be human. Mm. And that stops us from being successful in many ways because if we, many of us are walking around with all types of pent up trauma and shit that we have not been able to face. And it manifests itself in many different ways, depending on the person. I think you need to ring back. You good, bro. You like, I, I promise you, it was like such a good movement. K. Cuddy started back when he was, um had the "You Good Bro" movement going on, which was just basically another way to make sure someone is mentally okay. Yeah, like, you know, even with that, like, I love the concept. I love that he did something like that, but I feel like if he didn't name it that, certain people wouldn't have latched onto it. If it was worded differently, I don't know about all that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of sensitive <laughs> bullshit. I started, uh, I put on Martin last night as, as Babe's bedtime TV because he has to have TV on when he goes to sleep. Same. Uh, I can't. Um, I'm sorry, I need noise. Continue. <laughs> the first episode was basically 
Martin getting on the air and talking about male sensitivity and how it was bullshit and all this other stuff. And it's crazy how that was fucking early 90s and that shit still is a thing you know to what? this day. The crazy part is looking back at, we love nostalgia. We love looking back at older television shows. And I said this before and I'm going to reiterate it again. We don't realize how harmful or hurtful those shows used to be. And we used to have to grin and bear it yeah. back in the day. We didn't yeah. say anything. We didn't have social media to say, I didn't agree with that. You had to write a letter. And you had to hope and pray that someone actually read it and understood you for what you said. And if you didn't have at least a group of people behind you writing the same type of letter, nothing changed. Now that you have actual people that use their social media and know how to go after someone or go at someone who offended them, Everyone gets upset because accountability just does not ever want to happen. Some mm-hmm. people feel like they're above it. Well, no, you're not above accountability. Yes, you can say what you want to say. It's called freedom of speech, but you're not above accountability. Right. You still have to answer to that shit. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to how we relate, it's until we learn to humble ourselves mm-hmm. and actually understand that your words have power and that that power can either empower someone or basically tear them down, we will never get far. That's true. Ever. That's true. Yeah. Kyron, thank you so much for that thank letter. You. We appreciate you. Yay. Um, You all can definitely follow suit if you would like to send us a That's listener right. letter. That's right. You can hear it on air just like you heard with us giving our feedback to Kyron. You know. I want to hear some shit. I need, I, I need entertainment while we while we do this shit. I want y'all to come with y'all messy mess. I want to hear about your nigga fucking around on you. Oh, my God. I want to hear about all the things. I want to hear about the nigga you just started fucking, but you don't know. And then you find out that he got a baby mama. I want drama. All right. What a no. way to taint such a positive letter. Anyway. I, listen, I said what I said. We can have letters like this, and I still want mess. Anyway. <laughs> We were called Who Raised You Hoes. That's very true. <laughs> I'm just saying, send in your listener letters no matter what they are. Yes, please. To ask WRYH podcast at gmail.com. Once again, send us your uplifting letters as well as your mess to ask WRYH podcast at it's about gmail.com. The Jesus Christ. And after that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a little tip on these cups and we're going to come back with my pot. Oh, God. And y'all ain't ready for this pot today. Whatever. <laughs> we'll see y'all in a bit. Hold on. Zooming in the park. Zooming in at the dark. Oh, yeah. One big pot. Oh, yeah. One big pot. Oh, shit. The cops is coming. See, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate you. No shade to my exhibitionists. We love y'all for real. No, for real, for real. <laughs> All right, y'all. Ahead. So the pot is burling. I got my ingredients in there. And I got my spoon. It's time for Marlon to stir this pot. I don't want y'all. He's staring and staring at the day. What the hell ever? Anyway, so this week I condensed it down to two segments. Oh, Lord. Um, but, you know, one's going to be really... Well, both of them are kind of hefty. I think we're going to get into some good shit today. I'm very confident. I'm having very, very good feelings about this. But first, 
But first, in true stirring the pot fashion, I have come with a healthy helping of bullshit for y'all. Yes, we're going to do Marlon's Messy Monday Unpopular Opinion Edition. I got some unpopular opinions. I said, you know, I want to have some healthy dialogue. I feel like arguing with my co-host because we do that from time to time. It's just our relationship. It's our love language. And I feel like I these mean, things will be great. I mean, I already threatened bodily harm before we even pressed record. He did. He did. And that's fine. And that's fine because I started with the shit. I deserve that. No, I didn't. It's a lie. Someone help me. Anyway, so. Oh, that's what you, you know what? You here we go. Here we go. You're not going to abuse me. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got 10 unpopular opinions, you guys. We're going to go through them together. Mm. We're going to argue because I know some of the shit is going to make him say something. A lot of it is. But anyway, we're going to do a little banter back and forth. First of all, number one, I'd like for it to be known. I don't like Summer Walker or her music. Okay. Maybe I ain't heard the right tune yet. Maybe it ain't for me, but I don't see it. That's fair. All right? I mean, it's a lot of artists that... You love that I just don't see it for This is very true. Also, not big on Adele either. Okay. Mm-hmm. None That's right. I none said of, None of the things offend me because, I mean, I would tell you with Summer because Summer is complicated and I know you. If you already have your mindset of not liking an artist, there's no change in that mind. Um, she I, don't have to do something big to bring me back. To, well, there's nothing to come back to. <laughs> but, you know. I just, no. I mean, there's several artists I don't care for. I just keep my opinion to myself. Well, I don't. Uh, Anyway, the new single is cute, but outside of singles, she does not move me. You're going to leave my girl alone. Adele does not. She doesn't move me. You, wait. So you never listened to 21? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? I said, no, I have not. I have not heard any of her albums. Move on to the next one. <laughs> no, you want to you, you, you uh, argument because argument I have not. I have not. Singles are always cute with Adele. I try to dive into the album and it just it no. I don't see it. Go on to the next one. Child. I don't see it. I, 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 don't see I, I, it. I no, you looking for arguments today? I don't see it. I got something for that ass. I just don't. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. number two. I love candy corn. You hoes drag it every year, and I'm convinced your grannies never gave you a little sandwich bag with candy corn and peanuts in it. The shit is top tier. You can argue with your mammy. Candy corn Fix is- your fucking face. Candy corn is fucking disgusting. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? It has no flavor. What are you talking you about? bitches <laughs> are uncultured. No flavor? Are you serious? The shit is nasty. What do you mean? I'm what do you mean? No, no, no. no the girls no, have no. infant palates. Fuck and that. And it's okay. Fuck it's that. It's all right. The shit is nasty. It's all right. It's nasty. It's all right. Period. It's coming from the same bitches that will fucking eat goobers and popcorn. That shit is gross. First of all, popcorn is top motherfucker. Popcorn is great, but goobers and popcorn, That's you can keep nasty. it. You can keep it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I said what I said. Y'all can get off candy corn. Leave that bitch alone. She's doing just fine without all you know. I told y'all. He, he's go, he's decided. Whatever. He's, he chose violence. Today. Real bitches know. Candy corn and some planters peanuts. Candy roasted, corn is salted, disgusting. whatever. Say what I this said. They're great. Argue with your mammy. Argue with your mammy. I did. And she agrees with me. Candy corn is anyway, damn nasty. And both of y'all got baby palettes. It's okay. Number three. 
New York pizza is trash compared to Chicago's. I mean, I've never been invited to Chicago. And you can, first of all, let's stop here. We're going to pull over. This bitch has been invited to Chicago. The bitch couldn't make it at the last minute due to unforeseen circumstances, but the bitch was invited. He's going to stop trying to give this narrative that I don't invite him to things because I do. Fuck you. I'm not doing this with you today. Moving right along, like I said... The fuck I said. New York pizza is trash compared to Chicago's. You can argue with your mammy about until it. I have, that, until I have Chicago pizza, I am bitch, not agreeing there with you. Is I will no not agree with you on that. I, you on the just want to argue. You no, just want to argue. I don't want to argue. I'm just stating facts. I how is it simply a fa- stating how facts. How is it fact if it's your Baby, sole opinion? You all, first of all, I am not the only person with this opinion. Mm. I'm not. Pull up the receipt. New York is an East Pull Coast. New York is an East Pull Coast. Let me tell you about. Let me tell you something about Pull New York. New Yorkers love to say that everything that they got is great. I'm not a New Yorker. It's not. I'm I not said New Yorkers and East Coasters because you, you Jersey motherfuckers feel the same way. First they, of all, they, they love hold the like, fuck up, bitch. They, what we not about to do is generalize me or the like. I'm not doing All that. that shit is great. I'm not it's doing not. that. But We're not York, going for that. But a New York slide no. is very one note. Y'all like to throw weird shit on the pizzas. Motherfucking I'm sorry. I want a watches pe- of I'm fettuccine. sorry. I want pizza. I don't want to have to sit here and dig into a bunch of dough. First of all, y'all see how this bitch changed his tune? That's that's some East Coast shit. He just said he ain't never had Chicago pizza, and he was gonna reserve his opinion until he had one. I'm still but gonna now, reserve it. I'm still now gonna reserve you know it. everything about now Chicago I'm gonna, pizza. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say what I want. Oh, because I think you, what, you feel like you had some so pizza, some pizzeria so and you thought you had Chicago pizza. I never did. And all don't right. you ever in your life try right. me. So, you gonna see your next unpopular so motherfucking opinion with your messy ass. Anyway. Alright, let's just cut it out with the overuse of the terms legend and icon. It's getting weird. I mean, I'm sorry I agree with him on that, y'all. It's getting weird. Y'all getting accolades for bitches that ain't put in the work yet. I'm gonna say it here, and I promise you someone could screenshot me saying it's it's 54 minutes into the damn show. Just because someone put out a damn album, one album, they are not an icon or a legend. They ain't do enough work. Stop trying to evade fucking time. Okay? People we give those times to have given us content for 10 plus years. Your fave only gave us one album. Sweetie. One and carried one note over auto-tune and Pro Tools for an entire <laughs> album. And you want to name them a legend. You want to name them an icon. They ain't do shit. Listen. They can't even perform. In the words of MC Deborah, Know your place, earn your, your spot. spot. That's it. That's all you got to do. And also, since we're on the topic, let's, let, let's argue. Which one is bigger? Legend or icon? I know if we're talking ballroom sense, icon is bigger than legend. But in re- but regular time, from what I understand, legend is bigger than icon. Here's the deal. I don't agree. <clears throat> of course you don't. You're ballroom. No. And it's not just about ballroom. It's about ballroom. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'm going to trigger you when because someone, you started When someone is iconic, mm. what does that mean? Mm. What is your definition of somebody that's iconic? I don't know, but you want to tell me. Uh, no, bitch. I'm asking you. I'm asking you for your opinion. Because you already said that a legend is bigger than an icon. I so sure you did. tell me. I sure did. What makes someone iconic? What makes someone iconic? Yes. Having statements behind them. Meaning they have something that 
they can display. They'll be like, this is me. Like, whether it was a show, whether it was a song, album, whatever they have you, they have something that makes them a statement. Statements make icons. What makes a legend? I, again, like what makes I a legend say, then? a legend is someone that has tenure and they have consistently made statements with their content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether you are in ballroom or in real life, oh. an icon oh. is someone that has put in the work to be of a certain status that is above all else in said category. Prime example: oh. Michael Jackson is an icon. Michael Jackson is not an icon. Michael Jackson is a pioneer. Michael Michael Jackson is an icon. Michael Jackson is a pioneer. Michael Jackson is iconic. You cannot tell me that he's not. He's a pioneer. He's above that. And I'm going to tell you why. Hold on. You didn't let me answer why. Every single artist after him emulated and idolized him. You know why? So I, I know. But listen... When someone gets to that level, I don't even look them as legend and icon. I look them as a pioneer, which is that technically the foundation for everything that everyone is doing behind them. And to me, that would be Michael, that would be Prince, that would be James Brown. But those are all icons as well. Exactly. They're iconic figures. But if you ask someone within the industry, they'll tell you. They'll be like, nah, technically as a pioneer. Because everyone has used or basically referenced them at some point. Tell me I'm wrong. Because the three I named primarily, I'm not talking, because it's technically five, and I'm naming the top three. Mm -hmm. Everyone has referenced those three. They have used those three. They have used them as source to create for themselves. They are pioneers in the sense that they have started something Mm. and rolled with it. Mm. Very true. But they are also icons. They are iconic figures because when you think of Certain pieces of their career, that is the first name that comes out of everybody's mouth. If you think about choreography, hot videos, Michael Jackson is the first person on everybody's lips. Because that's an iconic figure. When you are of legendary status in something... You are legendary for certain things, but when you are an icon, that is above being a legend. Period. Argue with your mammy. See, this is the thing about unpopular opinions. When you make them vocal, you're subject to public scrutiny. So get to your so get to your next one, shall we? Alright. Y'all ass gonna pay next week. Let me tell y'all something. You're going to pay next week. Let me tell y'all something. You're going to pay next week. Let, you I'm, letting, I'm you, letting... I'm, you I'm reiterating. You done? I'm reiterating. Can I get through my segment? Thank you so much. Let me tell you something. I am not denying my body sustenance just to take dick for a few minutes. I'm not doing it. Somebody ain't doing the math right on this. You do not have to go the whole day without food just to get some dick. I don't know what you bitches are doing. I don't know how y'all fleeting. I don't know what you're using. But sis, sis, you do not have to go the whole day without food to get some dick. I'm just sorry. It's just I'm, not like, I'm, I'm just going to say this part because I, I, you know I speak for my bottoms. This mm-hmm. is for my bottoms. My real bottoms, yeah. You know how your bowels move. You know how long it takes for food to process through your body. No, they don't. 
How could you not? Otherwise, they don't. Otherwise, they would not go a whole day without eating for a day. If they if, knew, if you know good and damn well, you anticipate some pain. You need to be spacing out your daggone meal. I'm not saying starve yourself. I'm saying space that shit out. And on top of that, if you do eat, if you know good and damn well, you plan on getting you some later, it needs to be light. Because afterwards, bitch, let me tell you something. I'm I'm pulling up my, I'm going in my cabinet. I'm pulling up my Uber Eats app. Bitch, I'm about to eat. Whether this nigga feed me or not, I'm fixing to eat. I'm saying something. If you completely go on a full day without eating and think that that's acceptable, Sweetheart, you gonna pass the fuck out one day. Yeah, you are. And then, and then y'all be pissed because motherfucker either flake out and don't come through. Bit, first of all, <laughs> first of all, that shit is the fucking worst. If I prepared for the pain and I did everything I was supposed to do, and this motherfucker decided not to show up, oh bitch. And then on oh, top bitch. of that. Or if he show up and he give you three strokes and then you're done. Since it's not worth it. It's not worth it, bitch. It's not worth it. Have you something to eat? Fuck that nigga. Get your shit together. When he say he coming through, get you your 30 minutes. Get you your, your little devices and things. There are ways to get around this shit, but you ain't got to starve yourself all day for no dick. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. You shouldn't be doing it either. Just putting it out there. Even though this ain't the hotel. If he coming through and you don't know if the coast is clear, if you get what I'm putting what I'm putting down, that's when you get a dildo. Listen, test the waters. Test it. Test the waters and see test what's it. going on. You don't buy a car if you don't test drive. You ain't gonna give him that cat if you ain't make sure that it's clean in the back. That's it. That's it and that's all. Next one, straight folks. Oh, Lord. Can y'all just leave the gays alone, please? Can y'all say the grown gays business? This last scandal with the very talented and very, very handsome gentleman at brunch has shown your true colors yet again, and I'm sick of it. Not You know I found his actual Twitter, right? I did, too. And the funny part was he said, I had a good brunch with my friends. Yes. Here's the deal. The video was made in jest, if I'm not mistaken. It was supposed to be a joke. It, it was a tagline was a joke. Was joke whatever, because he was out with his friends. Now, you bitches took that tag and you just let the homophobia fly. Literally y'all, fly. Y'all just, y'all just went all up and through that shit. Yeah, because if that was my man, I would. Mm-mm. You gotta have a man first, gay- bitch. <laughs> he ain't gonna be doing that gay shit with me and Blanc, sweetie. Your nigga already did. What are you talking about? And furthermore, the gays are sitting over here looking like that is clearly family. Clearly. And, I knew and, it. And y'all bugging. I knew he was and, family. And, and let's 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 go here. Even if he wasn't, why can't that man take a shot of champagne just like everybody else? Why do y'all like to sexualize everything? Why do y'all like to gay shit up that we don't even gay up? Y'all be ready to throw the gays tag on shit that we ain't even, bitch, it didn't come through, it didn't come across my desk for approval. I didn't get to stamp my shit. Bitch didn't get to put no glitter on it. I didn't get to put a unicorn horn on it or nothing. But you straight motherfuckers are ready to stamp it gay immediately. First of all, can we talk about 
we're the gay ones, but they do more gay shit than we do. They will sit here and hump each other. Hello? They will jump on top of the other and start grinding. Hello? But we're but that's gay to them. But we actually living in our truth and not doing shit like that. Oh, y'all just gay. Like, not gayer than you sitting here deciding you want to playfully grab on your man's dick. Straight niggas do some weird shit and then want to sit here and look at us cross-eyed. Y'all the same motherfuckers that are on all of these national leagues slapping each other's ass every day. Ciao. Ciao. Next up. Hear me and hear me good. Mm. Most of y'all ain't really poly. Or interested in the nuances of the poly style of love. You just want to fuck who you want to fuck without consequences. And I really wish y'all would just go ahead and do that. You know what? Just be a hoe. It's okay to be a hoe. It is okay. But stand up in your hoe. And be honest about it. But don't be walking around here telling folks that, oh, Polly, I'm about that Polly. No, you're not. Because polyamory is not about sex solely. Polyamory is a style of loving. Mm -hmm. You love more than one person. You have relationships. Love romantic relationships with more than one person. It's not just about fucking. I think y'all really just... I I want you to reiterate that first part again when you said... um, Y'all just want to fuck whoever you want to fuck without consequences. You need to reiterate that part again. Because you can do that. You can do that. It's nothing wrong with you being a hoe, sis. It's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with you and your man deciding that y'all want to be hoes. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to bring home a different nigga from the club, when y'all go out to the club every night, that is y'all's business. And that is your prerogative. That is what a, that is what swing. That's what that's the whole swing community. Hello, do what you want to do, but don't be trying to false flag out here just because you want to fuck. If you want to fuck a fuck, do that. And most people love to believe, especially in poly relationships. Oh, you know, it'd just be so much easier. Like, no, the same shit you would run into with, with a monogamous relationship, you want to run into in your poly relationships too, sis. I need you all to understand that being polyamorous has more to pay attention to and to be cognizant of than it is to be in a, monog- a monogamous relationship. It's too much. It's not a free-for-all, sweetheart. We have to communicate with our partners. And I ain't talking about some, are you all right? No, bitch. You have to communicate. You have to be very clear about your intentions, about what you're doing, who you're doing, who you with, all this shit, what you want, what they want. There's constant conversations. It's not just cut and dry. And that's why I know you hoes really ain't about that life. So just stop it. Fuck who you want to leave it at that. All right? All right. Next one. A lot of y'all don't want to put your man on the internet because you're afraid the hoes you hang with gonna try to take him from your whole ass. Hold up, tame our hand up. Mm-hmm. I didn't hide the world from my nigga. I hid the, my nigga from the world. See, no, fuck that. Let me be no. clear. Let, let me let me rectify this shit. Because I've been here and I know every gay's excuse because it was mine too. I don't need you, and I'm gonna piggyback off of this because this unpopular opinion is mine. I don't need you. I used to talk to him, bitches, to find someone else to talk to. <laughs> this is my nigga now. Oh my god. Okay, this is my nigga. I'm fucking on him. I need you to go find someone else to talk to. I need you to not slip into his DMs because, bitch, you, he's not gonna answer you. I'm going to, and I'm gonna let you know. 
get the fuck on. Ooh. Like, I, I don't know. My The weirdest shit happened during my last relationship, especially when it ended. Because I'm like, yo, you're cool with my man, my ex, excuse me, but you were in my inbox. And you met me when we were dating. You niggas is bold. Bold as fuck. I didn't hide the world from my nigga. I hid my nigga from the world. And there's reasons why. Because you bitches, I can't stand that I used to talk to him, bitch. Oh, I know him type of bitch. You knew him. A former version of him. Not the him that he's with with me. You ain't around us when we alone. So why are you going around telling motherfuckers you used to talk to him? Bitch, you need to be talking to your therapist on your cell phone. Oh, my gosh. Instead of in my business. Oh. How about that one? The fuck? I'm just saying. And my last one. It's a little multifaceted here. People talk shit. People that talk shit about those that go to Pride celebrations are often either A... Pissed that they can't go back because they've been exiled. Or B, bitter because you don't get along with other gays. But that's a thing that you actually don't address. Or C, you're trying to shame people for going because you didn't have the financial resources to go yourself. Or D, you went and you didn't get the experience that you wanted to have, so now you're mad and you want to ruin everybody else's fun. Or E, you didn't get no type of sex that weekend, so you consider it to be whack as fuck. Mm-hmm. Call a spade a spade, sis. I used to go on a whole tangent that people had something to say about people that would go to Atlanta for Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like MLK weekend. Like, mm-hmm. oh, y'all coming home. Like, everybody needs to be in the clinic. No, bitch. What you need to do is mind your motherfucking business because if you wanted to go so bad, you should have bought you a ticket and set up your hotel stay like normal people fucking do. And not sit here saying, oh, I'm going to share a room with my people just so you can share, so you can save some money. Bitch, if I'm going to Pride and I plan on getting me some while I'm at Pride, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get me some. No one's going to shame me for it because my friends already know when we have pride, it's about that what? Ho shit. Big booty hoes. Get with us. Exactly. Fuck. Y'all got a lot of nerves. is dumb. I just want y'all to stop that. Cut the shit. And that ends my unpopular opinions for the day. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Excuse you? I purposely didn't read all of them on purpose. Excuse you? I didn't read them on purpose. Don't y'all worry. Marlon's Messy Mondays will be back another day. Oh, don't worry, because I owe you quite the trigger for next week. Anyway, so let's move on to something a little bit more serious. So I saw this on Instagram, and I want to play this video for you guys, and I want us to dive into it a little bit, because I think that it's very, very, very important and very pertinent to everyday life right now. So let's get into it the school system they don't want us to learn about money because they just want to pump out good employees that do what they're told i mean if you look at school it's opposite of what it takes to be successful in real life don't make a mistake do as you're told take take tests by yourself don't cooperate do it by yourself do it on your own and um the last thing was uh, oh there's only one right answer no there's tons of answers to a, a problem so you come out of school scared to death of making a mistake you do everything on your own. You don't cooperate. There's no synergy. There's no brainstorming. And there's only one right answer. Everybody wants to get the right answer. There's no one right answer. So I think people come out of school paralyzed. I think the school system 
is criminal in that it kills a child's spirit of learning. You know, some a child goes into school all excited about, yeah, I'm going to learn and it's going to be great. And then the teacher says, sit down and shut up. Don't talk. We don't care what you're interested in in the school system. <sighs> when I tell y'all, first of all, that's from the IG page. It's called Millionaire's Steps. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. It rocked me because it made me think about a few things. First, it took me back to my days in elementary and high school. And I think about all of the things that we learned. I think I thought about the curriculums we had in class during that time. Excuse me. And then I thought about kids that are in school right now mm-hmm. and that are not learning like that at all. There, there are classes and things that were standards when I was in school that is completely obsolete right now. Mm-hmm. And then it made me think about the job market and how when I got out of school and when people get out of college and it's time to start building your life, how the shit that we learned in college, oftentimes people's passion don't even line up with their jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's just really fucking crazy. You know, that first line when she was like, you know, it wasn't about you coming to school to learn. It was about developing people that could get out into the workforce and keep making money for America. Because schools taught us how to be good employees and not basically know how to survive on our own. And I had this, the funny part is I had this conversation with one of my friends very, like, very often we had this conversation where school didn't prepare us really for life afterwards. Mm. Like, bitch, I don't use algebra in no real life. No one does. Hello? I, I promise you, I don't use biology in real life. No one truly does unless you're a scientist. Right. So my thing is, this when, especially when you hear a lot of entertainers say they dropped out of school, everyone's like, well, they, well this was what they wanted to do. No, they realized that them being in school didn't prepare them for what they truly wanted to do. And what happened was, for some odd reason, with our age demographic, we we gave up somehow, somewhere, somewhere along the way, just to conform to what we learned in school. We learned how to be good employees. We learned how to abstain, how to abstain and keep a job, but they didn't prepare us how to financially keep money in our pockets. No. They didn't teach us that you don't have to keep a job. You can go astray and decide that you want to do the entrepreneurship. You can actually do it. It's not something that's unobtainable. The thing that we learn in school so much is that what we really want to do, especially let's say, let's say you wanted to get into music. Right. They make that seem like it's so unattainable, like it's all the way up here. Like the you know the commercial, I forget um uh, I think it's the Safe Farm commercials, where the guy's like, Oh, you almost had it. They make us yes. think that that's our dreams. Oh, you almost had it. Like right. it's not obtainable. Mm-hmm. But the crazy part is most of us that are now like I'm in my mid-30s going after what I really want, a excuse me, compared to trying to keep a job. Right. And it's not easy. Like, this is why. Even watching like something like Insecure, mm-hmm. you watch her have a job, but then just have this epiphany like, 
I'm not happy here. Yes. There's nothing fulfilling here for me. Yes. I read the lead, and what we don't talk about a lot is when you're on the road of trying to figure out your path and where you're going, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know if you made the right decision or not. That's why this season is so imperative. Because when she first admitted, like, I don't know. Maybe I've wasted all my time. I won't know that. But in school, we're not taught that. We're taught, oh, basically, how to be a good employee. Yeah. How to keep a job. How to keep you in the dark. But then the thing I think that changed my mindset for it was when you're let go from that job. It's like having the rug pulled from under you mm-hmm. and you got to go back and start from scratch. Yeah. Like what? And they don't do nothing but fill your position right after you leave. Literally right after you leave, your position is filled. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, is that you, people go above and beyond to excel at a job to try to get to the tippy top of whatever that organization is. And the reality of the matter is, is that if you die tomorrow or if you do something wrong and they don't like it and they decide to fire you, they will get rid of you right then and there post-haste. And they will replace you with somebody else literally, right away. Literally like an hour after something happens to you, there's a, your position is up. That's it. That's it. And it made me really want to dive into this conversation about what our experiences were like when we were in school. Because for me, I love being in school because I love learning. You know, that was my thing. There were things that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all did at some point in time. We struggled with something in school. But I'm, I'm just fascinated with this idea of how we're taught in school and how that pertains to life after we leave it. Because I don't know if this was your experience in school, but for me... Looking back on being in school, I see that we were we weren't even taught to retain knowledge. We weren't. We were taught to learn this thing until it's time to take the test. So naturally what the brain does is study, 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 cram, 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 get it, get it, get it. So when the test comes, you can pass that test to get this grade. But then once the test was done, your brain pretty much washes it out. You don't even go back to that shit. I don't, that's why I marvel at people that are like historians and shit like that. How do you retain all that fucking knowledge? Because that shit didn't stick with me. But then I realized that there are things that I loved about school and yeah. certain subjects that I can still walk you through to this day. My shit was English. That's all you wanted to heartbeat. That was, that was my shit. My least favorite subject in school was history. Mm. The reason why I say I didn't like history, well, next to math, bitch. But (laughs) history I didn't like because, of course, you were being spoon-fed the washed version of our history. Hello. Mind you, let's keep in mind that slavery is not in those history books, let alone the fact that Juneteenth just became a national holiday. Do you know they're not going to talk about why Juneteenth is a national holiday? I mean... So they're you just going to make it a holiday and not explain to the kids why it's a holiday? No, no, they're not. But I'm willing to tell you this. Even the non-black students are off on Juneteenth. And they don't know why. All they know is they have a damn federal holiday. That's it. But they don't have where basically they could to have either sit home with their parents or anything. I mean, I welcome a holiday for my birthday. Hey. <laughs> but still, that's beside the point. Yo. 
It's just it's it's just really crazy, and I'm I'm just. It's a deep. It's a way deeper conversation, and it's complex as hell as to understanding why you sit back and you really understand that these schools really did not prepare most of us for anything. And I think, and this is my personal opinion, it does not reflect this platform in any way, shape, or form, I feel the same way about college. And the only reason why I say I feel the same way about college is because, yes, you go there, yes, you get an education, but nine times out of ten, I want to say about close to, if not over 50% of the people that have degrees do not go into their profession at all. They go into something else. There's people that have full-blown bachelor's degrees that are working at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. There are people that have not only a bachelor's, but a master's working at Walmart. So make this make sense where education is key because people with education are struggling just like me. Right. So I'm really confused as to where education is key, and it don't give me the don't feed me the bullshit. Of, oh, it depends on your major. No, it does not. Because this pe- I know people with marketing degrees that work retail nine to five. Listen, and that takes me into a question. So tell me this: So how did your experience in school settings affect your adult decisions today, job, career, career, and life wise? I feel like school made us more anxious to make life decisions. Oh my God, say it, friend. School made <laughs> us so anxious to make life decisions because we don't know when you have when you learn something in school. We innately learn we have to learn this subject. We have to make sure we master it. At the end, there's either a quiz, a test, or a midterm that we would have to take. In life, there isn't one. Yeah. So when you're going yeah. through and making life decisions, there's no test to know if you did or did not make the right decision on, until friend. you actually see the outcome from said decision. So it makes all of us anxious to live our lives. Go, you know what? Go off, bitch. Because I, <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. It's the truth. We have so true. We don't know what we're doing. None of us do. And then I don't want to hear shit, oh, my parents, your parents did a very good job of disguising the fact that they didn't know what they were doing either. Ba- Woo! Totally. Ooh, that's another conversation. For another time. I'm, I'm telling you. I yes. love my parents to death, but there's one thing I know for certain. They did what they could. Every parent, you can say, like, I had the best parent in America. I'm telling you right now, they did the best that they could because I'm telling you, they didn't know what they were doing. And then my thing, for me, I feel like school just prepared me for school. That's it. Because while there are, when it comes down to math, I was, math was never really my thing. I ended up getting it in later years, Mm -hmm. but it was never really my thing. But I think about it now, and outside of basic arithmetic Mm -hmm. and the random PEMDAS meme online, I'm not using algebra, geometry, advanced algebra with trig. I'm not using any of those things that I took in in my daily life. I'm just not using it. And it's it's just really unfortunate. And and then the part in the video that really stuck out to me the most that I'm very passionate about is when she said that school destroys destroys children's spirits. They do. And I I I, I talk about this often when it comes to people and parenting 
And now school is another part of it because I don't think that people realize as children how vulnerable we are to the world around us mm-hmm. and how we are sponges in those states and how if you keep a child's spirit filled, they can go far and wide. My thing is this. A lot, I didn't describe, I didn't, y'all the first to know. I'm just going to say it. Nobody knew that I knew how to sing. Nobody knew that I knew how to draw. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you what, the things I forgot thanks to school, because in, innately, not just school, it's also your parents, they'll make you believe that those types of things will not get you far. Right. So they'll make you forget them. You need to be focused on this school so that way you know what you're doing afterwards. And then the thing that gets me is after after you're done with school, your parents pressure you to make a decision as yes. far as what you want to do with your life. They don't give you the time to figure out and think things through because yes. they think that if they give you the opportunity to think for yourself, you're going to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird. But the minute that you say, you know what, I'm a deprogram my mind and go for what I know. The main people that will sit here and be like, I always believed in you. No, because they were conditioned the same way. You were conditioned the same exact way. Which is why you pressured me to hurry up and do the job. Every black person has gone through the spill, whether it's your mother, whether it's your father. You You need to either be in school or get a job or both. There's not. Ne- there's never been a. Oh, you want to pursue this? Let's support him and do it. No, it's never that. Yeah. Because unless it's actual check or a degree attached to it, they don't care. I'm, not to mention the fact that you're going into debt before you even know what debt is. Child, we're not even gonna start on the fact that y'all don't teach the shit that really needs to be taught. There's no school that prepares you with financial literacy. Not at all. There's no like, court. There's no course, not in even in middle school or high school, the two places where it is needed to teach financial literacy. They don't teach you how to open a bank account. No. They don't teach you how to balance a checkbook. They don't teach you how to ensure that all of your bills are paid on time. They don't teach you how to save. These are things you have to learn when you're an adult. This is shit you should be learning while you're still in grade school. Now the gag is, when I was in elementary school, I learned how to write a check. I didn't learn how to write a check in school. See? I didn't. And this is the shit I'm talking about. I didn't learn how to write a check in school. I didn't even know. How about this? Before I worked, I used to work at a bank. Before I even worked at that bank, before I learned from my godmother, God rest her soul, I didn't know that you had to not only write the actual dollar amount in digits, but you had to actually write it out, and that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You get what I'm saying? I had no idea that you can go into a bank and cash a check as long as it's drawn on their bank. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. See? I, but you know what you do know? Is that when you get paid, you can find a check cashing place to cash your check. How about that? And they'll charge you fees. If you Survive go to a bank, most banks, most banks, if it's drawn on their bank, they probably won't charge you a fee. Yeah. But a check cashing place will damn near rape your ass. Listen. All right, y'all. I am done stirring the pot for the day. Child, you didn't trigger us enough. We're going to move into our last segment of... How did it make you feel? How did it make you feel, friend? And this one comes from Ephraim underscore Zelani underscore Mondell. That is E-F-R-E-M underscore Z-E-L-O-N-Y underscore 
M-I-N-D-E-L-L. And the post says, I just think that we're raised to feel very guilty for being ourselves. this one and I was like god damn it Nell hit right on the damn god head. damn it like this this post I feel is like the center of all interpersonal problems in the world right now no society one... tells you you're supposed to be this way people latch onto what society says develop their own opinions and then try to tell you about how you should be depending on that bullshit it's just a lot. And like, so many of us are walking around feeling terrible for being who we are. Mm-hmm. When everybody is simply just trying to exist. That's it. Let alone fucking survive and live. Hello. Why can't I just be who I am? Can I live? Listen. It's a mess. It's a goddamn Can mess. I live? We already know how to make you feel, friend. You went to the hallelujah corner automatically. Mm-hmm. Because people really want you to feel guilty for being yourself. They'll tell you to be yourself, but oh no, don't do too much of yourself now. Hello? Hello, somebody. Hello? Oh my gosh. But anyway, ladies and germs, that brings us to the close of this episode of Who Raised You Hoes. As always, thank you all for being here with us today on whatever day you are listening Send us your listener letters to askwrih at gmail.com. If you have any business inquiries, you want us to promote a product for you, review some music, review a product, review some artistry for you. We would love to do that for you. You send those business inquiries to wrihpodcast at gmail.com. And also, please do not forget to like, rate, comment, subscribe, and share. Okay. Share those posts. I want to see screenshots. Screenshot. I want to. I want to see y'all screenshot us. Listen, tell us your favorite moments. Tag. I want to see quotes off this bitch. All that. All that. We love that. Do all those things for us. We appreciate you so much. And until next time, Ho Nation. I mean, there was no sense in giving them mental health tip because we were dropping gems. We dropped gems all this episode, child. You see it. First of all, I completely forgot because we've been in the high. I, I let it listen. I let it go. You've been dropping had, them. I've been dropping them. They here. Y'all pick one. Just pick one and pick make one. that your mental health tip of the week, okay? And then when you pick the one you pick, why don't you post it and tag us in it? How about that? Quote us. Quote us. Tell us what you like. Stop playing with me. How <laughs> to play with y'all? We're not. Friends, no, no. No, no fussing this week. No fussing. No. This week. no, we yell at them every week. It's okay. No. We love y'all. We're going to holler at y'all later, okay? No. Uh-uh, no. Why would you let me go? No, because we always do this every week. We didn't already said it. Uh-uh, come on. We gotta go. Go, we gotta get go. My, go get my, no. my strap. No. I'm tired of playing no. with them. Come on. We got to go first. Oh, all right, y'all. All right, whole nation. We love y'all. Uh-huh. I guess. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye, hoes. Bye.